Today's show is brought to you by Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. Modern creative teams are pulled in a thousand directions. Maintaining a functional project plan is hard. Wrangling designers and writers, copy edits and clients, all on deadline, can get messy fast. Most collaboration tools aren't made for creatives and creative projects, but Airtable is. Airtable makes it easy to organize stuff, people, ideas, anything you can imagine. That's why leading creative teams at places like Experience Design Agency Huge, Product Development Agency Planetary, and retail brand United Colors of Benetton use Airtable. It's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everything on schedule and let creative people be creative. Visit Airtable.com glossy today to get $50 in free credits. Barney's doesn't guarantee success. Vogue doesn't guarantee success. What guarantees success is if you actually find an audience that actually loves your product. We've been very slow to change in terms of how technology has impacted our lives. A new social network can pop up overnight and completely change our business model. Hello and welcome to the Glossy Podcast, our weekly show where we discuss fashion, luxury, and technology with the people making change happen. I'm your host and Glossy senior reporter, Hillary Milnes, and with me this week is Kirsten Kerr Weiss, the founder of her beauty brand, Kerr Weiss. Thanks for coming in, Kirsten. Thank you so much for having me. So let's get into a little bit of your background before you started your brand. And in what year did you start? It's relatively new. Is that right? Uh, it launched in 2010. Okay. So you're, we're, we're getting there. Yeah. Eight years old now. Yeah. Um, but what were you doing before that? Where did you see um, a need for, for a line like yours in the industry? Um, my background is that of a makeup artist. So I have been working in the field, you know, in fashion uh, the past 25 years. And, uh, you know, I'm originally from Denmark, but having lived in New York the past 20 years, you know, my sort of uh, dream was to come over here and pursue a career as a makeup artist. Mm -hmm. You know, obviously, it's a a much, much bigger market. And along the way, my experience was that, uh, you know, like a lot of the products that I had in my kit that were, you know, conventional at the time were causing a lot of irritation to the skin of the models that I was working on a day-to-day basis and kind of just observing the absurd normalcy uh, that had around it, mm-hmm. uh, that you kind of just realize you are quote-unquote allergic to something, you put it aside and you move along mm-hmm. and you buy your next product. Um, and so I thought there is, uh, you know, like really a room in the market for uh, kind of like a product that is all natural, uh, yet at the same time has the performance and the luxury feel of the conventional brands, you know, because I was trying to see if I could do some switch around, you know, from um, the brands, as I mentioned, that I had in my kit to the more natural that were in the market at the time, you know, mm-hmm. but they just didn't have the, the, the performance. So that was really sort of the lead in to starting the company. Yeah, so you said that there were obviously other natural beauty brands, but they just you didn't think stacked up to what a luxury beauty product was. No, I mean the performance just wasn't up to speed. Mm-hmm. You know, they uh, were too dry, too chalky. The colors weren't quite right, and at the same time, you know, to your point, the luxury aspect uh, was missing. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought, you know, and not to say that there's anything wrong with buying your beauty products in a more sort of uh, health food environment, but why wouldn't it, you know, be able to be a luxury uh, experience? Mm-hmm. Um, so that was, as I said, you know, kind of like the lead in to starting the company. So how do you get started if you want to build your own fashion or not fashion brand, beauty brand, considering it's a natural beauty product, especially if you weren't seeing this 
um, on the market where it could perform already? Like how do you even get started knowing what manufacturers to partner with, where to source these ingredients and what's actually going to work? Like how much time did it spend? Did you have to spend testing products and ingredients before you actually launched the brand? Um, I spent, you know, I started on it in 2003. So it took me about seven years. Um, Not to say that it necessarily should take that long, you know, but I was working as a a makeup artist full time and started doing this on the side. Mm -hmm. And then it became, you know, uh, a bigger and bigger job per se. Um, But you know, when you are pretty clueless, you kind of just know that you have to start somewhere. I think the main thing is to have a vision, the vision for where you want to end up someday. Mm -hmm. Uh, Not to say that that can't change a little bit along the way, but you know, you have a goal in front of you and then you just sort of start building your bricks in front of you step by step, getting to that point where you uh, eventually have, you know, a full line or at the time I didn't launch with a very, um, you know, large, um, amount of SKUs. I only had about 12 in the mm-hmm. line. Um, but I just started going to trade shows, you know, I'm not a formula formulator. I'm a makeup artist, so I really know what works out in the field and my background, you know, growing up in, on, in the countryside, you know, has sort of left me with uh, a great affinity for nature. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily make you a formulator. So I just started going to trade shows, finding somebody that I could team up with. Uh, mm-hmm. And, you know, we've teamed up with somebody that is based out of Italy that we still work with. Um, and slowly start looking into, uh, you know, producing, in my case, cream blushes uh, and eyeshadows. And then lip tints was, you know, what I started with. Um, and starting working on prototypes while simultaneously start working on the packaging. You know, you have to do uh, trademarks. There's plenty of stuff to dig into, but mm. I, I'd say my piece of advice would be to start yeah. and then build <laughs> it uh, little by little, and you'll learn along the way. Mm-hmm. And so how do you define natural? I, I, You know, we hear about it so much in, in beauty and especially in skincare, but you're working on cosmetics. So how does the word natural really come into play in your in your product line? So, um, nat- I mean, there's, there's sort of two um, versions. You know, when I first started out, the goal was to have it be an all-natural, basically meaning leaving out any kind of uh, kinds of synthetics, any chemicals. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it turned out along the way that it would actually be possible for us to do an, an certified organic, mm-hmm. uh, which is, in my opinion, you know, like even better. It's sort of the equivalent of... Eating an apple, that's great, but if you can have an organic apple that hasn't been sprayed with any chemicals, even better. So the potency, you know, of this particular ingredient uh, is even higher. And in order to get the certification, uh, you know, because we get the certification out of Italy, you know, due to the fact that it's produced there, means that 95% of anything that goes into the product has to come from supervised organic farming. Mm. So it's just, uh, you know, like a very clean Um, and a very, as I said, high potent uh, product that actually works on your skin, you know, as a, as a, uh, a skincare line while you're wearing it as makeup. Mm -hmm. Uh, So to go back to your question, really an all natural just means that you leave out any kind of synthetics. Mm -hmm. And how do you communicate that aspect of the brand to customers? How much do people want to know, we hear so much, not only do people want their, their makeup to do more for their skin and have those, you know, skin perfecting uh, characteristics mm-hmm. as well, but they also want to know more what's going into their product. But how do you make sure that if they are looking for this, they can, they can find your brand, they can learn about it. And it's very, it's accessible for a customer who there, there's so much competition today. Yeah. 
I mean, I would say we uh, we're lucky to be in the time of you know social media. Uh, it's it's an incredible platform for us uh, to tell our story, to tell our brand story, to tell the content that we would like you know for our customers. Uh, and our doors to have, you know, a lot of it obviously has to do with the fact that we have to really well train uh, the associates out on the floor in the stores that we sell to so they feel comfortable speaking to the product. Mm -hmm. But other than that, you know, we just uh, put a huge effort into explaining the story on our website, uh, through our blog, on Instagram, etc. And it's a conversation that um, we have to have over and over again because it is a little bit of a jungle, you know, in terms of, uh, what does natural mean? What is certified organic? You know, there's there's a lot of confusion for sure, uh, especially because a lot of products, you know, you are allowed to say with organic ingredients, but it doesn't make it org certified organic. Mm -hmm. uh, so there's different levels. And so our job is really just to, uh, to try and simplify it as much as possible, but keep uh, it being, you know, a really, really important uh, piece to who we are as a brand and keep telling that story. Mm -hmm. And so you mentioned it's a jungle. Do you think there's a level of trust that has to be built in this specific area of beauty um, for the customer to become, you know, a loyal customer and, and come back? Yeah, I definitely think so. I think, uh, you know, I think marketing can do a lot, both good and bad, mm -hmm. uh, quote unquote, you know, but it's, it's, it's a way, you know, to to potentially present a brand, you know, like if it's it's surrounded by green leaves and, you know, lab coats and it gives the association of something that uh, is under more scrutiny than it potentially is, you know, like I think with the certification is a way for us to actually prove it's a stamp of approval mm -hmm. and so we try you know and, and really emphasize that a lot in all the material uh you know like that goes out to our customers right. um because it's it's sort of in our in my humble opinion sets us apart you know like the certification has been so hard to get and now that we have it it is obviously a nice um stamp of approval mm -hmm. for the brand right absolutely and yeah and so it sounds like having a direct like conversation with the customer, making sure you build up that trust and mm -hmm. have a consistent message across channels is really important. So, yep. but you decided to go launch the brand through other retailers. How come you didn't um, want to do direct to consumer to sort of keep that relationship very direct? Uh, I mean, we have that as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, and especially uh, in 2018, you know, like we've just uh, read on our website a hundred percent. Uh, we've started our own blog, you know, but I also think uh, makeup is such a tangible thing, you mm -hmm. know, like you really want to touch it and feel it and try out the colors. Uh, and it's a little bit harder sometimes, obviously, to do online, you know, unless you have a full sampling program. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's a way for customers to actually touch and feel. And uh, and also from a visual perspective, you know, like we put a a lot of emphasis into the packaging to have it be sustainable, but also very luxury design-like that I think it deserves to actually have uh, a place in stores so you can see it in person. So mm -hmm. I would say it's it's a combination of both, uh, which I think, uh, you know, is, is obviously going to be uh, the way forward for us as well. Mm -hmm. and, and so tell us a little bit about, about the retail partners you decided to work with. How did you, how did you choose? So I think with the line, uh, because it, it has, 
you know, both the the all organic, but it also has the luxury. It's it's a little bit of um, a pioneer in its field. You know, it was definitely an issue when I first launched it in 2010 in terms of where is this positioned? Mm-hmm. Is this a green brand or is it luxury? Well, it's actually both, mm-hmm. you know, so it's sort of caving a new space in the market. And uh, we have the luxury in a way, you know, of with the movement uh, that I really think is happening in, in terms of natural in beauty products, that it's starting to snowball. You see more and more all, gra- all green natural stores. Um, mm-hmm. So we have our customers there that come to the product, pers- you know, mainly from a perspective of the ingredients and the performance. Then, the de- you know, the luxury sort of packaging is an added bonus, but it's not what led them in there so much. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas we also have the luxury cons- uh, con- customer um, that comes to the brand, you know, from the performance and the sort of packaging, but the green is an added bonus. Right. So in a way, it sort of widens the umbrella of who our customer is, you know, mm-hmm. which I'm grateful for. Right. And and what have you learned about each side of, of that customer balance? Um, like, do you cater to them differently? Do you speak to them any differently? Um, do you have like a messaging strategy for the customer who does just want a luxury beauty product? You know, it's it's really nice too that it's all natural versus the one who's looking for, for all natural ingredients first and foremost. Yeah, I think uh, as a makeup artist, the, the key component for me always was the performance piece. Mm-hmm. You know, that you can speak to a beautiful ingredients list from here till eternity, but if it doesn't perform, nobody's going to care. Mm-hmm. And rightfully so, I wouldn't either. Um, so I think, you know, in, in terms of a luxury customer uh, that comes towards the brand because they, they like the performance, etc. they like the presentation. Um, we try, you know, obviously in, in, and always speak to the ingredients list, you know, but never in a, in a preachy way, you mm-hmm. know, like having it be almost a matter of fact kind of conversation that, of course, this is, uh, you know, an non-toxic ingredients list as well, because I truly believe that is about to become the new norm, mm-hmm. you know, like to the extent that we see it, you know, from the younger generations coming in with their lists of stuff that they, they don't want in their products, that it's it's transforming. Mm-hmm. And so for the more sort of green customer, you know, like we just um, very much speak to the sustainability of the brand, you know, because it's a refill system. And that way you can still, you know, have a, a luxury product, but you are able to actually um, have a sustainable approach, you know, to, to purchasing mu- uh, makeup brands, um, excuse me, makeup products mm-hmm. by the fact that you can keep refilling it. Right. Today's sponsor is Airtable, the all-in-one collaboration platform. The creative world is constantly evolving and to keep up, you need a tool that's flexible enough to adapt to your process, but powerful enough to keep everybody on the same page. Airtable is modern software. Its fields can handle any content you throw at them, add attachments, long text notes, check boxes, links to records and other tables, even barcodes, whatever you need to stay organized. That's why when the team at WeWork needed a tool to manage their entire creative process from ideation to content creation, they turned to Airtable. Airtable empowers you to do your work your way. Try it today. Just head to Airtable.com slash glossy to receive $50 in free credits. So you mentioned how 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 big natural beauty is becoming. Do you mm-hmm. think that there's an element of brands just wanting to hop on the bandwagon? Like, how do you make sure you and and you spoke about this a little bit before, but how do you make sure you are differentiated from brands that might not be 100 percent 
authentic or, or genuine in their in their efforts to be more green? I think, I mean, really all uh, that you can do is just to keep staying uh, authentic, you mm-hmm. know, telling your story uh, and, and doing it from a place that is really the truth, uh, you know, to the brand. We speak a lot to all the work that goes into creating in, you know, like say a cream blush, you know, like it's, it's like being in the wine industry, you know, so much goes into, uh, each batch because every season is different, meaning that the raw materials that we get will not be exactly the same as they was last season. So there's a lot of adjusting that goes into always maintaining the colors, the textures, you know, one of the key ingredients in makeup uh is silicones and silicones is this magical ingredient you can pop into pretty much anything and it'll have that perfect slip Mm -hmm. so when you can't use that you know i spend a lot of time whenever i'm out training or doing events you know really telling uh how we are you know replicating that silicone feel by having an incredible formulate, I typically call it an incredible chef in the kitchen, you right. know, but in terms of the time that goes into it and uh, the effort and the sort of authentic um, storytelling, you know, I feel is is really just what we're going to keep doing mm-hmm. and, and it's going to resonate, I believe. Mm-hmm. And and you, you said you spend a lot of time on social media. Where are customers usually inter- interacting with the brand first? Um, is it through like a, a retail site that you're that you're partnering with? Do you drive purchases from social media? How are you sort of looking at that lay of the land, especially when, when beauty is such a huge industry right now? And it's mm-hmm. really easy to kind of pop up on social media and gain a following there. Um, how yeah. are you sort of building that customer journey? So we're definitely building it, you know, through our Instagram and our social media following. But we've also, as an example, have been doing what we call our local KW. So with, you know, let's say our stores in the United States and Arizona around states where we don't get a chance to visit so often, uh, we'll partner up with, you know, one of our doors mm-hmm. and uh, for them to reach out to some of their local customers and, and do a partnership where they you know, you know, tell the story around Kia Weiss, like how they love it or, you know, what they've learned, you know, from the whole process of stepping into green uh, and sort of building um, a base of uh, interest that sort of spreads further, you know, into the doors that we work with than, mm. than just us, you know, directly to our con- customers, you mm-hmm. know. Um, so it's localized efforts. Yeah, it is. Is, is that uh, it can include an influencer play as well? Yeah, it does. Uh, not as much at this point, but it, it definitely uh, uh, plays into that as well. Mm-hmm. And then also, uh, you know, more quote unquote traditional uh, PR. And, uh, you know, through magazines, I still love, you know, all the, you know, like the, the effort that our PR company puts into, you know, uh, getting it into magazine and creating awareness that way as, as well as, you know, all the online uh, potential there is, you know, in, in 2018. Right. And because yeah. I imagine there's obviously a group of beauty customers who are really already interested in natural mm-hmm. products. And, but then there's the ones that need converted. How yeah. do you, how do you focus on that customer who isn't really sold yet that the makeup that they're using is doing anything bad to their skin? I think a lot of that goes into, um, you know, like a lot of the doors that we sell to uh, that are more conventional stores, mm-hmm. uh, you know, really getting out there, doing events, uh, as well as truly educating, you know, like the staff on the floor 
so that we really have almost like a spider web of people out in the field that can help us, you know, do that. Mm -hmm. Then at the same time, obviously, you know, like, again, through social media, uh, you know, trying to tell the, the story of the brand, how it differentiates from conventional, etc. We just launched our own blog that we call Magazine that allows us to really dive deeper into the kind of content that we'd like to tell, you know, both from an ingredients perspective, uh, but also performance, um, so that it potentially, you know, gets the eye of somebody that's potentially interested in design, fashion, which is also high on our list of, of things of, um, you know, just inspiration in terms of the brand, you know, right. and, and for them to uh, come to us and, and hopefully, uh, you know, gain perspective that mm-hmm. way. Yeah, what do you think the biggest misconceptions about this space of the beauty industry are? And how are you working to address those? I definitely think it's uh, like that there's a perception that the the performance isn't up to par. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, being able to prove that that's truly not the case, you know, like it takes a little bit more effort on on our end in terms of the production, but it's possible. Mm -hmm. And and I think, you know, one of the things that uh, really resonates is, you know, once you see it in action, once you and you feel it on your skin, that it has a completely different feel. Uh, because, as I was mentioning before, it really is like skincare, um, where so it doesn't just sit topically on the skin. It goes in and 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 heals and moisturizes while you're wearing it for a, a different kind of purpose, which is makeup. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Yeah, it seems like that's a big trend driving mm-hmm. beauty forward. What else? How else would you describe the the modern beauty customer? Like, what are what are her priorities and? Um, you know, why do you think that we're in that beauty is in such like a place right now where it's, you know, every industry is part of the, part of the industry is growing? You know, I think makeup is, um, is supposed to be fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like I think it's, it's hard to find any woman that doesn't think it's cool just to feel a little bit uh, better about yourself or just enhancing the small things uh, in your own beauty. Uh, so I think makeup, you know, clearly has a long history of of being around in, in terms of beautifying. But I do think, you know, like there's been such an, a movement uh, in food, you know, like you've seen it in all the health food stores starting, and then it kind of has gone into skincare where there's an awareness of what we put inside mm-hmm. has an effect on the outside. Mm-hmm. And so I think that just is starting to translate into makeup as well, you know, because it's something that you you use on a day-to-day basis, you know, like in, um, there was a survey back uh, in Denmark where I'm from, you know, several years back, which also really caught my attention in terms of the amount of chemicals that are in, you know, women's blood compared to men's. Mm. And it's much, much higher. And the only thing that really differentiates in terms of what we are doing and surround ourselves with is, you know, beauty products. Mm -hmm. So um, all of these things, you know, like articles articles like that, uh, and just, um, as I said, you know, seeing more and more uh, health food stores pop up, I think, has just started uh, an all-around movement towards wanting to, you know, live a... A healthier life. Right. So it fits into this overall lifestyle. Yeah. So, and you mentioned you started with just a few products. How many Mm -hmm. products do you have now and and how much uh, time and and effort has to go into uh, formulating a new product? 
So we currently have about uh, 90 SKUs. So, mm. uh, you know, so it's been growing uh, steadily over the years. And um, in terms of, you know, like launching a new product, it's, it's typically, I would say, takes about a year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it all depends. Obviously, some are more complicated than others, but it's, um, you know, I will typically think of something that I'd like to add to the line you know, come up with a list of my five preferred ingredients, present that to the formulator that I work with, um, and they will start, you know, doing samples and come back and say, well, we definitely have to take these two out because it's going to, you know, really shorten the shelf life, etc. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just this, you know, yin-yang partnership, and, and then eventually you have a product that you're ready to launch. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah. how have you decided which directions you want to you go with the line? I want it to be a um, a curated line to the extent that um, I don't want it to be like excessive, you know, having too many colors, let's say eyeshadows, like 10 browns, uh, mm-hmm. but having it be more of a curated line in the sense that if a woman comes in to purchase, she knows that the two browns that are in the line are the two browns that she'll most likely ever need mm-hmm. um so you know obviously at this point you know we have um foundations powder we basically have everything to cover a woman's need in terms of makeup but we also started last year tiptoeing into skincare, mm-hmm. and so i definitely want to sort of expand on that as well and, and keep growing that um you know space for the brand right is that a, just a completely different beast than cosmetics not really. Mm-hmm. Um, it's 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 very much the the sort of same type of ingredients, um, and it's just like and I feel like an uh, no pun intended, but like an organic uh, progression to sort of add that on. Since you know, like the body is a holistic experience; it doesn't doesn't just stop at the face. You mm-hmm. know, so it makes sense, right? And so, where do you see this trend evolving? You said it's becoming more of the norm. Um, mm-hmm. But do you see, like do you see a, the need for a future where every product that that we use is is natural or organic? Like do you see that as a realistic outcome for for where the beauty industry is headed? Um, I definitely think with uh, more and more of sort of the bigger department stores, the, the bigger outlets um, that you know sell beauty products, uh, you know, I think they are realizing that there's a demand for it. So I do think, you know, by having um, the the potential of buying all natural, you you know, you'll find there'll be areas in some of the bigger department stores that have just focused on an all natural area. So it, it is definitely changing. It's it's hard for me to sort of say, I think, you know, with anything, there'll always be, you know, room for both. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's... You know, there's been a huge push, uh, you know, many years ago, you know, to to get cigarettes out of restaurants and out of cafes, etc. And and it's pretty much been implemented. But of course, there's always people that want to smoke, and it's totally up to them. So I think right. there'll always be, you know, both living in harmony, sort of side by side. But I just see that it's going to have more of a tipping point towards uh, an all natural. Mm-hmm. 
Right. And, and do you think there'll be like a shakeout in the, in the natural beauty industry with more regulations or, or anything like that, where it becomes a little bit more uniform, a little bit more easy to uh, navigate if you're the average consumer? Um, I think that's a, that's a big ship to move around, but mm. it would definitely be my goal and something that I hope to be able to, you know, work on, uh, when I have a little bit more time, because I think, you know, in terms of making it a successful thing, you know, you need to have, uh, ease and, mm. and not have all this confusion around it. You know, like I would love if there was like a unified uh, certification for an all natural, for instance, mm. for an all organic, so that women around the world, whenever they saw these certifications, knew exactly what they were getting. Um, now, you know, like they differ from country to country, you know, so it's. Uh, it's very hard to sort of navigate unless it's a true passion of yours. Mm-hmm. And and where, who is your the, your main customer? Like, what what customer have you found is is really um, involved and in, in active in this industry? Is it is it younger? Is it older? And and it's a global brand too. So so where are you seeing the most traction? I mean, currently, you know, like we are seeing the most traction in in the U.S. Our focus, you know, like U.S. is such a big country that mm-hmm. we still have. Uh, We've kind of just tiptoed into, you know, like um, distribution over here. Um, I would say in Europe, you know, like there's, uh, I'm from Scandinavia uh, and, and sort of growing up there, there's always kind of been an interest in a more natural lifestyle, you know, but um, I would say, you know, currently our main customer is probably late 30s, early 40s, uh, somebody who has already made these kinds of choices in her food choices, mm-hmm. you know, in her skincare choices. Um, it's also because the price point is a little bit on the higher end. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, uh, you know, for the, the sort of younger customer, it's a little bit more of an investment, you know. So we try and and uh, look into that as much as we can, even though, you know, like it's just the nature of this kind of company that the ingredients are expensive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely um, see a huge sif- shift uh, in the U.S. as well. You know, like mainly in the beginning, we saw customers coming our way, you know, on the, the two coasts, the East Coast and the West Coast. But now we have more and more stores in, uh, you know, the middle of the country as well. Mm-hmm. So it's definitely spreading. Right. And, you know, we're almost out of time, but you mentioned, um, you know, the ingredients are just expensive alone. Is it a goal of yours to make it a little bit more accessible to, to people at a different price point? Um, just because it's, it is something that you're obviously passionate about is, is having yeah. natural um, ingredient makeup. Yes. I mean, uh, it definitely is. I, I, um, I would love to say that it's in the sort of like the short-term vision to be able to really, you know, cut costs. But at the moment, you know, in, in terms of finding farmers around the world that are actually certified organic, it's it's still pretty hard. Mm-hmm. And uh, and therefore the, you know, like the, the quality and the quantity is somewhat limited. Mm-hmm. Um, yet at the same time, we have a you know, the refill system that by the time you sort of buy into the initial compact, as we call it, the initial purchase, Mm -hmm. you can keep refilling it. And then the price point is about every time you buy a refill, it's about 35% uh, less. So overall, the price point really goes down. Right. So that's a way, you know, to sort of, um, 
you know, still have an eye for that. Right. Um, and so, so yeah, well, in the meantime, it's an aspirational brand. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you so much for joining us, Kirsten. Yeah. Uh, and thank, thank you for you. listening. A special thanks to Aditi Songol, the producer of this podcast. We'll be back next week with another episode. And in the meantime, be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, and Anchor FM and leave us any feedback you have. Mm-hmm.